Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our associate and student pastor, Matt Willingham. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8 is our text today as we talk again about gratitude. The Apostle Paul is going to show us today what gratitude looks like at work in our life. And he says in verse 4, they're going to put it on the screen for you. Rejoice in the Lord when? Come on, say it like you mean it. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about. Come on, there you go. Do not be anxious about anything. But look what he says. Present by prayer and petition. And in every situation, present your prayers with thanksgiving and present your requests to God. And the peace, oh, I love this part, of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's pray one more time. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy in our life. Thank you, Lord, that you are in control. God, you are greater than our circumstances and our situations today. God, and in spite of what we see, in spite of what we feel, God, I pray that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds as we open your word today. God, let them not just hear me speaking today. Holy Spirit, let them hear you speaking. God, challenge and change every one of us in this place. Let us walk out different than how we walked in, than how we clicked on the join today. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody said amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, one time. And as you're seated, high-five the person next to him, you're, you're sitting next to him, tell him, say, fix your focus. Come on, tell him, fix your focus. Fix your focus. That's the title of the message this morning, fix your focus. Want to welcome all of you here to Valpo, want to welcome all of you watching online as well. Welcome all of you. Come on, put your hands together. Welcome everybody at our locations. Come on to North Judson, NPH, Westville, uh, Hebron, Full Throttle, Wanata, all of them are here today. Be praying for Pastor Phil and Miss Rhonda and Sunshine and uh, them as they come back from Alabama. They made a quick trip to Alabama to see the family and check on some people. And I think they're bringing Granny home. If you've never met Granny... Yeah, see, y'all, some of you never met Granny. Picture the Beverly Hillbillies, Granny. That's my Granny right there. That's exactly what she's like. And she'll be up hanging out for a while, so I'm excited to see her. And uh, Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? You look pretty good knowing you're five pounds heavier. You look pretty good knowing you're five pounds. I know I am. I know I ate a whole lot of food and uh, threw down uh, some really good food. Philippians chapter 4, we're in our series. We've kind of taking the month of November to talk about gratitude and what does that look like at work in, in our life? What does that look like at work in a believer's life? A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Phil spoke on the story of the 10 lepers and how Jesus healed all 10. Only one came back to say thanks. Only one came back to show his appreciation. We talked about how ingratitude should be something that we take time to always show. Amen. That when God moves in our life and moves on our behalf, how many of you, again, you're glad of the blessings of God? Say amen. Amen. That when God blesses us, that we should always be quick to respond, quick to 
show gratitude. He's quick to show appreciation, and that's very true. And then last week we looked at the story of Mary and Martha, how they sent word to Jesus. Lazarus was sick, and Jesus waited four days, and then he shows up, and now Lazarus is dead. He's not sick. Things got worse. And how they're complaining and they're grumbling, but what gratitude is, gratitude is easy, right, when God's already done it, but how do you be grateful when you're still waiting for God to move, amen? How do you be grateful when you're praying the prayers and he hasn't answered, or, or when it looks a little bit different than how you thought it should look? How do you be grateful when you're waiting? And we talked about how it's always on the way, that he's, he's coming. He's always, he's going to show up a little bit different than how you thought. He might show up a little bit later than how you thought, but how many of you know God's always an on-time God? He always knows when exactly to pop back up and to do what he needs to do. We talked about that last week, and this week as we kind of close out November as we close out this series on gratefulness. And I hope and I pray, we've been hoping and praying that, you know, this gratitude is something we should do more than just in November. It's something we should do more than just once a year at around a table, and I hope you did that around Thanksgiving meal on Thursday or Friday or Saturday, whenever you, whenever you celebrate it. But gratitude is something in spite of circumstances. I'll tell you what, I was nervous last night sitting in my, in my living room Saturday night. I'm like, I'm supposed to be preaching about gratitude, and I'm watching the Alabama-Auburn game, and Alabama's losing to Auburn, and I'm having to quote Philippians 4, be rejoice in the Lord always, even when Alabama's about to lose to Auburn, and then fourth and goal on the 31-yard line, 30 seconds left, boom, touchdown pass. Alabama wins. Miss Julie, I know you didn't like it, but I loved it. Alabama wins, and I celebrate. She's a Florida fan. I still love her, though. And, and, they, and I'm like, I can preach on gratitude now. And my wife's like, you better preach on gratitude regardless if Alabama wins. I'm like, all right, fine, I will. But gratitude is something that we should show. And over the past few weeks, we've been trying to talk about gratitude and how, as a believer, that should be our focus. This is what Paul's going to show us in Philippians chapter 4. That as a believer, our focus should be on the things of God, and, and, and it should be gratitude. It should be gratefulness towards what God is doing. That's, that should be our focus and our attention. Not worry. How many of you have worried this week? Come on, who's going to be honest? You've worried. I know we don't like to use that word worry. That's, uh, that's like a worldly word. So we like to make it sound more Christianese. And we say, no, I'm not worrying, Pastor Matt. I'm just analyzing the situation around me. I just want to analyze and take it all in. Or maybe we've been fearful this past week. Or maybe we're fearful in our circumstances. Maybe we're doubting. We say, no, I'm not doubting. I'm just, I'm questioning the circumstances around me. I just want to see what is going to happen. And, but whatever it might be, the Apostle Paul is going to show us that our, our focus and our attention should not be on worry or fear, doubt, lack of faith, anxiety, whatever it might be in, in, in your life this morning. But, but how do we remain grateful? Because this is what I've come to understand in my own life. It's not so much that I don't have anything to be grateful for whether it's what I'm waiting on God to do or whether it's what he's already done in my life already. It's not so much that I don't have anything to be grateful for. I've just let the other things in life get all my attention and it's taken my attention off of what God is and who he is in my life. Come on, talk to me like you've been there before. So it's not that I, I don't have anything to be grateful for or I don't see God's blessings. I've just allowed things to make me worry. I've allowed things to make me fearful. I've allowed things around me to make me doubt. And this is what I know. Write it down in your notes. Whatever gets your attention, gets your thoughts. <clears throat> Whatever gets your attention, gets your thoughts. Whatever gets your thoughts, then watch. 
get your time. Come on, you've been there before. And whatever gets your time gets your heart. And then whatever gets your heart ultimately gets your soul. This is how worry, this is how fear, this is how doubt, this is how anxiety works. This is how gratitude can work in your life. Whatever gets your thought gets your attention. Whatever gets my attention gets my time. Whatever I start giving my time to has my heart, and whatever has my heart ultimately has my soul. I say it like this, whatever captures my attention will ultimately capture the essence of my soul. Whatever I let my focus, fix your focus, whatever let my attention be towards, whatever I let draw all of my energy to, it ultimately takes my soul as well. I remember, some of you heard the story, uh, we, we were just like doing some decorating around the house, not Christmas decorating yet, it's not up yet, but it's going to be up soon. But we were like getting ready, we've been doing some painting, right? My wife always takes that time of the year, hey, let's paint, let's do some things, you know, family's coming over, and, and we've got these huge cabinets, some of you that's been in my house, the big cabinets that she's been wanting to paint, and uh, she now finally painted them, and, and they look cool, so she was rearranging everything on the cabinets, all the books, and all the stuff, and, and so she ended up coming across some of her old prayer journals, and she was flipping through them, and, and, and she, I heard her laughing. She was like, hey, hey, come here. You got you to gotta start checking some of these out. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen these prayer journals before. I'm like, oh, these are your prayer journals. This is cool. Now, I remember, Aaron, the first time, some of you had this story, the first time I ever laid eyes on my wife, I knew immediately, I'm like, that is the woman I want to marry for the rest of my life. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. I've met her as soon as she walked through the doors of the church. Was it in this building? It was in our old building, what is now our student center. The very first Sunday, it was a Christmas Eve Sunday. She walks through the door, and I'm like, that for sure is going to be my wife. I claim her in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and, and sure enough, I mean, all of my attention was on her. My time, I was trying to figure out how do I hang out with her more? How do I, how do I go to her games? How do I get her to come to my basketball games because I was in school in college and how, how do I how do I get her to go to dinner and I, I would do my best I might even have plans with other people and if she called or if she sent me an email that dates a little bit if she sent me an email or called the house phone and said hey what are you doing tonight girl I got no plans tonight whatever you want to do wherever you want to hang out I mean she had my attention ultimately then she gets my soul and so I'm thinking she's going to take me to the prayer journal she's probably going to see of course I'm going to see the the proof of how she was praying, God, this is the man I want to be with. God, I know you've placed him in my life. And I go back to two, she goes back to 2002, and I start reading, dear God, you're going to have to give me patience with this guy because he is driving me crazy. And I'm like, you said that to God about me? I don't know how I can put up with his voice much longer. I don't know if I love him or if I'm in love with him. And I'm like, how dare I, I was in love with you. I knew 100%. How did you not know? She's like, oh, honey, I needed a lot. You, you needed a lot of work. And all of these prayer journals. And then I saw when it, when it flipped in her prayer journal and the Lord, I heard, he heard, and he answered me. And then she started feeling the same way from me. But what was it? My attention, right, my time. Everything ultimately went to each other where now we have each other's soul. And it's the same way in life. Gratitude in our own life is, is not something that should be determined by outside circumstances. Whatever gets my time gets, or whatever gets my attention gets my time. Whatever gets my time 
gets my heart, whatever gets my heart gets my soul. And if we're not careful, we let all of this other stuff in life get our attention. We let all this other stuff in life get our time. We let all this other stuff in life, and we find ourselves living a life. I find myself living a life that can sometimes be very ungrateful. And what the Apostle Paul is going to show us this morning is that gratitude should not be, this is what we've been talking to you about the last few weeks, that gratitude should not be determined by outside circumstances. Because how many of you know, from Monday to Tuesday, circumstances can change drastically different. Amen? You can get a great phone call and put you in a good mood on Monday, and it can be ruined by Monday even afternoon. Your, Your circumstances can change. So gratitude is not something that is determined by outside circumstances, but it's an internal thing that comes from the Spirit of God at work in us. That's why Paul could later write, he says, I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like to have a little, and I can be content in both. I know what it's like to have my marriage together. I know what it's like to have my marriage on the rocks. And I still know what it's like to be content, to be grateful. I know what it's like to have my kids acting right. I know what it's like to get an email and a phone call from the principal. I can still be grateful. I know what it's like to have money in my bank account. I know what it's like to feel like I'm broke, but I know still how to be grateful. This is what Paul's going to show us. It's a gratefulness. Gratitude is not something determined by the outside, but it's something that happens on the inside. In our passage in Philippians chapter 4, Paul has every right to experience worry, doubt, fear, lack of faith, all of these things going on. Matter of fact, he writes, if you study study theology and church history, he's writing Philippians 4. It's a letter to the church of Philippi because there's a bunch of of, uh, disagreements going on. They're not getting along very well. They're kind of at each other's throat a little bit. They're disagreeing with one another. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And and matter of fact, even as if that's not bad enough that one church in Philippi is acting crazy. There's, a, there's another group of Christians in Rome. He writes about it in Philippians chapter 1. They're acting crazy. They're disagreeing. There's dissension. And, and he has this tug because he's not at either place. He can't help out at either one. And as if that's not bad enough that he's got all of this stuff going on and he's trying to help the church here and he's trying to help the church here. As if that's not bad enough. Then he's got this dark cloud looming over his, his head of his possible death right around the corner. So he's got all of these reasons to have... Worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, lack of faith, whatever it may be. And if you and I are honest with ourselves, there's an excuse that each and every one of us has to experience a lot of other emotions in our life other than gratitude. Amen? All of us have stories. We have instances where we could share this morning and say, well, this is going on in my life. This is a phone call I got this week. This is what's happening in my family. And each and every one of us would have the right and have ample um, opportunity to say, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of things I'm going to focus on other than gratefulness. But Paul's going to show us how do you fix your focus? How do you remain grateful when things around you seem like in chaos? Because, again, sometimes the trials and the pressures of life almost make it impossible to be happy. But watch, Paul did not tell us to be happy. I'm going to show you in our text. Paul does not mention the word be happy. You're going to show, go back to Philippians chapter 4. Let me just show you. Y'all looking at me all crazy. Let me get you back to the text. Paul's going to show us how do you not necessarily look at the pressure of life, but you focus on the provision of God. That's how you remain grateful. Not the pressures of what's going on around me, but, but God that you're in control. And write this down. Number one is this, the occasion of gratitude. 
The question that he's going to answer is, when should I be grateful? I'm glad you asked. Paul's going to give us the answer. In verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord. All right, five of you said it. Let's try it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again. Rejoice. All right, Pastor Matt, when am I supposed to be grateful? When is my focus supposed to be on the things of God when it seems like life is unfair? When is my focus supposed to be on who God is and what he's doing when it seems like there's trials and there's storms going on around me? When am I supposed to be having this attitude of gratitude when it seems as if my family is going through chaos? I'm going to tell you, Paul gave us the answer. It is when? Always. He tells us, watch, it's this experience that you and I have. It's this attitude of gratitude that in spite of circumstances, in spite of situations, that you and I can be grateful. Now, now I love what he says to us later on. He shows us in another text in 1 Thessalonians. He says it like this, that in all circumstances, give thanks, is how he says it, or in all things, give thanks. Now, notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say give thanks for all things. Because there's a difference. How many of you know, again, by show of hands, life is unfair sometimes? Come on. Like, so, so how, how can we have a gratitude? I was telling the students a couple weeks ago, there's a student in our youth ministry, and some of y'all know the family, that, that, that he, he got a diagnosis of cancer, and it's looking bad, and things aren't going well, and they're having treatments, and, and, and people are praying, but, but it just seems as if, so how do you look at, at a Christ follower, at a young lady like her, and a family like that, and how do you look at someone and say, well, you got to be thankful for the cancer? No. That's not what Paul is saying. How do you look at someone who's went through a painful divorce and, and family is, is ravaged and you look at them and say, you got to be thankful for your divorce? No, that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying there's something that happens on the inside. There's something about gratitude that, that when in spite of situations and circumstances, in spite of what we are experiencing, in spite, he says there's something that we can, in the midst of turmoil, to still rejoice. In the midst of storms, to still rejoice. In the midst of that phone call from the doctor, to still rejoice. And this is the key part about it. You know what I need for, for in my life to be able to do this? I need other people around me. This is a shared experience. I, I need people around me. And I don't mean just anybody. I need some people that are going to lift my spirits. Like you ever been around those people? That, and I know I've used this analogy before, the Debbie Downers of life, like they just suck the air right out the room. Like you walk, like they walk in and you're trying to duck out the room so you don't see them. Come on, don't act like, if they're sitting by you, don't look at them. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Like you show up and maybe you're having a bad day but the sun's shining and you're like, oh man, the sun is shining. It's so beautiful. And a Debbie Downer would be like, yeah, but it's too bright. I can barely see. Wah, wah, wah. Like they just take the air right out, right? Like, oh, man, I can't believe, you know, it's, it's snowing. It's a day after, a few days after Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it's starting to snow. Yeah, but now the roads are going to get slippery. Wah, 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 right? Like, just, just like a Debbie Downer, they just suck the air. They suck the energy. Paul is showing us, though, that this attitude of gratitude, listen, one key thing 
This is a communal experience. That's why it's important to get in church. That's why it's important to get a group of Christ followers around you that when you're going through things, when you're going through life, that you can come to a place, I trust in God, my Savior, the one who never fails in spite of how I feel, in spite of circumstances, that he is greater, he is bigger, that he's still in control. When I get around some people, they say, Matt, I know you're going through a storm, but let me remind you, he knows how to calm the storm. Matt, I know you're going through a sickness, but let me remind you, he's still your healer. When I get myself surrounded by people, Paul says, I can rejoice always in those circumstances. Not for them, but in them I can be thankful, I can be grateful, because I remind myself and people around me, remind myself of who God is and that he's still in control. Even in spite of ups and downs, even in spite of joys and sorrows, even in spite of victory and the defeats, it's so easily, especially when you're going through pain, living through storms, that our, our spirits get downcast, our eyes get downcast. But when we lift our eyes to the hills where our help comes from and we remind ourselves of who God is, we remind ourselves that he's in control. Oh, this attitude of gratitude begins to come out of my life. Now watch, so he shows us so, because listen, I know it's not easy, especially when we're living through the storms. It's not easy, especially when we're going through the pain, when we're living through the unknowns. That's why he's going to show us, watch, to remember our joy is not based, our rejoicing is not based on circumstances, because he gives us the answer in verse 4. Let me show you the direction of gratitude, because watch what he says. Rejoice. In my pain always. Is that what he says? Rejoice in my circumstances always. Is that what he says? Come on, talk to me. Is that what he says? Uh, does he say rejoice in social media always? Is that what he says? Rejoice in comparison of situation. Is that what he says? Now, come on, help me. Hebrew. He says rejoice in what? In the Lord always. I will say it again rejoice. So watch, he shows us the occasion. When should I be grateful? He says, be grateful always. Now watch, where does my gratitude come from, though? This is important that we get. Where does my gratitude come from? This is the direction of my gratitude. Because again, hear me this morning, there are many circumstances in which you and I cannot be grateful. There are many situations in which life it's unfair and it zaps the joy out of us if we let it. It can suck the joy out of life if we let it. There are many instances that seem unfavorable. There's storms, there's trials. Some of you might be facing them today. Some of you, maybe you just come out of them. Some of you might be headed right into it. There are things in our life that if we let it, there's circumstances that will take our gratitude away. Paul is himself a great example of one who had inner joy when external joy was bad. He knew what it was like to be hungry. He knew what it was like to be shipwrecked. He knew what it was like to be beaten and left for dead. He knew what it was like to have, his, have people turn his back on him. He knew what it was like to have people disagree. He knew what it was like to have people hate him. He knew what it was like to have people compare him to other people. But he says, watch this, rejoice where, come on, tell me again, rejoice where? In the Lord always, and again, I say it, rejoice. Rejoicing, watch, this is what he's going to show us. Rejoicing is this powerful act of faith. 
This is what rejoicing in the Lord does. When I, when I don't rejoice in my circumstances, when I don't rejoice in life, when I don't rejoice in, in the valleys or in the hills and the valleys, but when I rejoice and I let my gratitude come from God, watch what I do. It's a declaration first of trusting God's sovereignty and his goodness. This is what he's saying. And, and then what, when, when I rejoice in the Lord, it's a demonstration of my love for God. It's a testimony of hope and confidence of, of his promises. This is what rejoicing in God looks like. And then it's a celebration of God's love, God's grace, and his mercy. Let me say it to you like this. Rejoicing in God is a choice. You can go out tomorrow and you can live in misery if you want to. You can. You, you can go out tomorrow and you can choose to live in worry. That's your choice. You, you can choose to live in doubt. You can choose to live in fear. That, that's your choice. But what Paul is saying is that you and I have a choice. We have an option that in spite of what's going on around us, when we put our attention and our focus on God rather than our problems, when we put our attention and our trust in God rather than our own abilities, when we celebrate not what's going on around us, but when we celebrate God's love, his grace, and his mercy, rather than our troubles that we're facing, when we make this choice to rejoice in God always, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of the storms, regardless of the trials, when we make a declaration and a choice to rejoice in the Lord always, there's a joy that happens that is rooted deep in a relationship with God. There's a joy that happens that is beyond what is happening around me, but it's something that happens in me. There is a joy that wells up in spite of what I see, I can still experience joy. There's a joy that happens inside of me when my focus and my attention goes upon him. When I begin to recognize God's goodness. See, watch, re rejoicing in the Lord, it's not about, hear me this morning, rejoicing in the Lord is not about ignoring our problems. That's not what Paul's saying. Rejoicing in the Lord is not coming in and saying, you know what, everything's good when everything's not good. Rejoicing in the Lord is not about saying, you know what, my kids are going to be okay when they're acting crazy. Rejoicing in the Lord is not saying, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored when you got $10 in the bank account. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to pay the bills this week. That's not what he's saying. Rejoicing in the Lord is not burying your head in the sand to your problems and pretending like everything is perfect. Rejoicing in the Lord is this, it brings this source of joy. And it's only maintained by reunion and closeness with him. But when we express our gratitude, when we enjoy, rejoice in the Lord by expressing our gratitude to God, when we rejoice in the Lord by acknowledging who he is and his blessings and that he, that he has us in his hands, who he is and that his resources are greater than mine, who he is and that he's still a healer, who he is is that he's still a provider, who he is is that he's still salvation, that when you and I begin to acknowledge God's blessing and thank him for his goodness and we praise him for who he is and what he's done and what he's about to do, when we begin to rejoice in God, oh, it changes everything. Something inside begins to well up. So watch, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. It's the occasion. When do I rejoice? He says, when do I be grateful always? Where does it come from? It comes from my relationship with God. Now watch, it doesn't just stay inside. Watch what he's going to show us. 
In verse 5, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now watch. So what should be my mark? This is where now it changes, not just us, those around us. What should be my mark of gratitude? Let me talk to you about the indication of gratitude. How do I know when I'm being grateful? How do I know when I'm being ungrateful? How do I know when I'm being grateful or I'm letting my life be filled with worry? How do I know when I'm letting my life be grateful or letting my life be filled with fear? How do I know when my focus is upon the right thing or I'm distracted by everything around me? He shows us in verse 5. He says, let your gentleness, everybody say gentleness, be evident to all. So watch, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. When I begin to be grateful, let your gentleness be evident to all. Something happens on the inside of me, but it begins to show to those around me. Something happens on the inside of me that then when people look at me and say, man, Matt, I know you're going through a storm and through a trial, but you're still pretty grateful right now. How are you doing it? Man, man, I, I can tell by the way you're talking to people. I can tell by the way that things are going on. Around. I can tell by the way that you're handling situations. You're, you're not perfect. You don't have it all together, but there's a gentleness about you. Like I'm going to tell you right now, when I'm worrisome, when I'm fearsome, or fearful, not fearsome, when I'm fearful, when I'm uh, ungrateful, when my life has a lot of anxiety, when my life has a lot of fear, I'm going to tell you right now, I get pretty short with people. I do. I know y'all don't think, that, y'all think that's impossible. You're such a, man of God, a mighty man of God. How would that ever be? I'm telling you, I get short with people. I snap, short with my answers, short with my responses. I complain about everything. I can sit in the kitchen and I'll be doing dishes and I'm complaining about doing the dishes. I know y'all never do this. This is my life, right? I'm vacuuming and I'm complaining about, I mean, I'm complaining about everything. What is happening? That's ungratefulness on the inside spilling out to the outside. And now it's affecting everyone around me. And the last time I checked, as Christ followers, we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And so what Paul is showing us is now ungratefulness does not just affect us, but when ungratefulness comes in into our life, into our heart, and begins to call us, cause us to be focused on other things with worry, with doubt, with fear, with concerns, with anxiety, the list can go on and on, that then it now begins to spill off. And watch, now we're not fulfilling our call to the world around us because we're snapping, we're quick, we're angry, we're bitter, right? We've been comparing ourselves to other people, we're jealous, whatever the, whatever the list can go on and on. And he's showing us this inner joy, this joy, this inner quality, despite our circumstances, it may not always be seen, but it's always felt by other people. That they can look at me and say, there's something different about you. It's something different the way you walk the hallways of our school and you're a student here and I'm talking to the students, you're a student and I, and I know what's going on in your life but when you walk the hallways, you're smiling, you're greeting and it's not fake, it's not just the Jesus face we all put on on Sundays and act like everything's okay, but, but it's real. You walk into the office on Tuesday and they're like, man, but you know they've been talking about layoffs and, and, and people have already been fired and there might be poor, more people laid off and yet, but you're walking around and, and, and yeah, I know you're concerned but... And I know you care, but there's this joy. How do you have that? 
He says that you and I, this gentleness that we have is joy and gentleness, gratefulness and gentleness. They go hand in hand. And then watch this. He takes it a step further as if that wasn't tough enough. And he makes this appeal to Philippians. He makes this appeal to us. In verse 6, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Ah, I wish he wouldn't have said that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Okay, I get it. Gratitude. Always finding ways, always finding things in spite of what I'm seeing to be grateful. I can understand that. Rejoicing in the Lord. God, you are a good God. You have me. Okay, when I do that, I know I'm in a better mood. I know I'm more fun to be around. So, of course, my gentleness is going to be evident to all. And then he takes it a step further. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Let me talk to you about the application of gratitude, and I'm almost done. The application. How do we remain grateful? How am I able to remain grateful? All right, I get it. It's Sunday morning. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I just hung out with my family. We had a great time. And if we didn't have a great time, we at least didn't kill each other. We made it through another Thanksgiving. It's good. Right? I'm grateful. We made it. Got a few more weeks. I'll see them again. I'm grateful. We made it. And everything was good. We had a great time. And I'm grateful. It's Sunday morning. I'm sitting here in church. I'm grateful. I'm thinking of God. It's good. That's right. He's a good God. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. I got people around me. They're encouraging my faith. Man, I feel so so stress-free. I feel so worry-free. And I'm just, I'm going to go home. And I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to vacuum. My kids are going to love me. I'm going to love everyone around me, right? I've got all of these things. But how do I remain? How do I keep that gratefulness? says, don't be anxious about anything. Now, again, he's not calling us to live a carefree life. He's not calling us to bury our head in the sand, to act as if nothing is going on. But Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, watch this, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I'm going to teach you just for a couple minutes. I'm going to try to teach you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. In what situation? So we got to be grateful when? And now he says in what situation? Every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul could have wrote all of this. Paul could have said, rejoice in the Lord always. Just say it again, rejoice. Let your evidence, let your uh, your gentleness be evidence to all the Lord is near. When bad things happen, pray about it. That's what he could have said. Could have said it like that. Like you ever been around those spiritual people and you say, hey, man, life is going on. They say, well, you just need to pray about it. And that's their answer for everything. And I believe prayer is good and you should pray about it. But they don't elaborate anymore. And you're like, well, I've already prayed about it 15 times. I just pray about it again. I'm like, well, I prayed. And you come back another time, hey, I prayed 10 more times. Yeah, just pray about it some more. You're like, I'm praying and I don't feel like anything's happening, right? I'm praying and I don't feel like God's answering. Anybody ever been there before other than me? Like, I'm praying, and the short answer is always pray about it. Paul doesn't give us the short answer. Because when you think about it, prayer is this, this word that we know, right, that we use. And the word prayer is this general word for making requests known to God. And so when, when he shows up, he says, how do, how do we apply gratitude? How do we continuously, how do we remain grateful? 
Monday when I go back to school, Wednesday when I'm at the job. When I get that phone call from the doctor, when, when my family seems like there's still a storm brewing, how do I remain grateful? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Write these three words down. It's not on the screen. I'm going to give it to you. Javion, I won't even charge you for this. This is free today. Write three words down. Adoration, supplication, and appreciation. Write it down. Adoration, supplication, and appreciation. Paul could have just said, hey, man, you need to pray about it more. But he's going to show us how do we pray when it comes to these things in life. How do I pray in my life to a point where I remain grateful? And there's this word prayer that he uses. It carries this idea of adoration, supplication, appreciation. That whenever we find ourselves worrying, whenever I find myself fearful, whenever I find myself stressed out, my first reaction ought to be get alone with God. And that's good. But I don't know about you. There's times I've walked into my prayer closet stressed out and I've walked out even more stressed out. <laughs> oh, y'all ain't going to be real today with me. Okay. I've walked into my prayer closet full of worry and I've walked out even more worried. I don't know if God's going to do this one. <laughs> I've, I've walked into my prayer closet saying, God, I need a miracle in my life. And I've walked out and said, oh, but this is a big miracle. I don't know if he can. So he's not just saying, go get along with God and pray about it, which we should. But watch, he's going to show us how. Adoration. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. It's this adoration that you and I, when it comes to praying, that our first and foremost thing that you and I must do is we must see the greatness and the majesty of who God is. That we must realize that, that he is big enough to solve our problems. We must realize that he still is a healer. We must realize that he still is our provider. We must realize that his resources are still uh, available for me. And oftentimes, too often, I rush into his presence and I just dump all of my needs on him when I don't have the right approach. And I come to him and I say, God, I thank you that you are God. God, I thank you that you do love me. God, I thank you that you, I may feel out of control, but God, you are in control. God, I thank you that in spite of what I see, you are still greater. God, I thank you that I know I'm going through a storm, but you know how to calm the storm. And what happens when I begin to pour adoration on him, my mindset begins to shift. My focus changes. And so he says, you present your request to him with prayer and petition. I come into his presence and I say, God, thank you that you are on the throne. God, thank you that you haven't forgot about me. God, thank you. I feel like I'm far away, but I know I'm not far away. God, thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for me. And if you do nothing else, God, that's enough for me to give you praise for the rest of my life. Do you see what that does to my mindset? How that begins to change my gratefulness. But watch, then he goes on, and that word supplication, and it's just by prayer and petition, we present your request to God. That we then begin to pour out our needs. God, this is what's going on. God, this is the storm in my life. God, this is the trial. God, this is the circumstance that I'm facing. God, this is the mountain that I'm looking at. And we come to him and it's this place of no half-hearted prayer, no insincere prayers. 
It's to pray that Je- the way that Jesus prayed in the garden in Hebrews 5 and 7, that he prayed so hard that sweats a drop of blood. It's this earnest prayer. And so watch, after adoration and supplication, we thank God for who he is. We present our request, but watch. Now watch what he says. Present your request with what? 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 Thanksgiving. Hold up. Okay, adoration, I thank God for who he is. Supplication, I present my request. But now watch, Paul's going to say when you come to God in prayer, it's a prayer and it comes out of appreciation. That now we give thanks God for what he is about to do. That we give thanks to God for what he is going to do. That we give thanks to God that in spite of what we see, in spite of what we experience, that it's this prayer that we come to him with, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with complaining, that's not what he says. With griping, that's not what he says. With comparing of blessings to someone else, that's not what he says. But when I come into his presence and my heart shifts and I begin to be grateful of who he is and I begin to adore him for his power, that I come into his presence and as I begin to uh, let my needs be heard, that I start giving thanks for what he's done. I start giving thanks for what he's about to do. And something inside of me shifts and this gratitude begins to grow. And then watch, did you know that gratitude had a paycheck? It does. Because watch, this is the best part of the text. Let me talk to you about the compensation. Come, Lindsay. Come, worship team, because I got, I got to be done. The compensation of gratitude. You didn't know gratitude paid. It does. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The occasion, when do I rejoice? When do I be grateful? Always. Where does my gratefulness come from? Rejoicing in the Lord, remembering who he is. What, what, what is the sign, what is the mark of my gratitude, gentleness around me, to those around me? Right, how, how, do, I, how do I live in that every day? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, not some of them, not the big ones, but in every situation, my prayer petition, present your request to God with thanksgiving, and then watch. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Ah, this is my favorite verse. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the paycheck. That's, that's the paycheck of gratitude right there. That's what you get when you live this grateful life. That's what you live, get when you live this heart of gratitude. How do I have the peace that I see other people have? How do I have the tranquility that I see other people have? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. When you come to pray, present your request to God with thanksgiving. Right? You present and the peace, uh, the peace of, or do not be anxious about anything. And the peace of God, watch, then this is what happens. And the peace of God which transcends all. All understanding. What is the, resort, the, the reward of a grateful heart? He tells us what it is in verse 7. It's peace that transcends all understanding, which means I can look at situations and circumstances and it not make sense to me, and I can say, I don't care, God, you got this. You got my back. 
I can look at things that are going on and it not make sense to me. And instead of being stressed out and worrisome and fearful and full of anxiety, I can say, God, I don't understand it. I don't have the answers, but I know you do. So, hey, I'm going to relax. You got this. I'm going to go do my thing. It's the peace of God that comes in our life. It's the peace of God. We read about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. It's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a believer's peace, the Bible says. Ephesians 2 and 14. You read in, a, in, another, in another text in Romans 5 and 1, we know that the peace with God comes through justification, through faith. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we have peace with God. That's salvation, right? So we have peace with God because of Jesus. We, we have Jesus Christ who is a believer's peace. But watch, he uses a peculiar word, the peace of God or the peace from God. He's talking about this inner tranquility, this, this inner calmness, this inner gratefulness that you and I can have, and it only comes with a close walk with him. It only comes, this peace only comes in our life when you and I draw near to him. That's why he said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, when I come to him and I present all of my requests, the peace of God overflows my life. Come on, stand. I'm almost done. And I experienced this peace that I never had before. I experienced this joy that I never had before. I experienced this, this calmness that I never had before. Does it mean that all of life's issues are solved? No. Does it mean all of my issues go away? No. But it doesn't just stop there. Watch, he says, it's the peace of God which transcends all understanding which means it goes beyond my comprehension. It's not just blind faith. It's not just wishful thinking, but it goes beyond my comprehension of saying, God, I know you got this. God, I know you are in control. And then watch what else it says. It says it's the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds. What is the reward of gratitude? Watch. The peace comes. Don't miss this. Why is it so important that I remain grateful tomorrow? Why is it so important that I remain grateful next month, next year? It's the reward. The peace of God comes. And now watch what it says. And it will guard your hearts and your mind. Oh, I love it. This peace that he talks about, this word guard, in Greek, it's another word. It's also used in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. But this word guard, it's a, it's, a, it's a military word. It translates to a military word, which means to protect by garrison or guard. And now watch, 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 watch. Here's the reward of gratitude. It means that it's guarded in such a way, when you go study the military word, what it means, that they would, they would post up guards at a particular place. And it would be like for us in modern day that it would have a keep out sign. And their job would be as that guard would be not to allow anyone from the outside that's not supposed to be inside to get inside, right? So they would post up guards somewhere and it would, they, their job would be you stand here and no matter who shows up, don't let them in. And don't, no matter who shows up, if they're not supposed to be in there, don't let them in there. So what? Here's the reward of gratitude. Oh, this is the best part. I got you. All this way just to get you right here. 
that he says that when you and I are grateful that the peace of God, here's the reward, the peace of God comes over our mind. And in spite of what we see, in spite of how we feel, in spite of our circumstances, we're able to say, God, I know you got this. God, I know you have me. God, I know you're in control. God, I know you're a healer. So we get this peace that other people don't understand. We get this peace that the world doesn't understand. And then he says it doesn't just stop there, that it guards. So then he posts up, the Spirit of God posts up in our life, and he says, enemy, you ain't allowed to go in there. Enemy, you're not allowed to attack them. Enemy, you're not allowed. That's a son. That's a daughter. So it doesn't matter. Life, you're not allowed to bother them. Circumstances, you're not allowed to bother them. And they post up in your life, and they begin to guard your heart and your mind, and you live in gratefulness and you live in gratitude and you have the peace of God and you're changed from the inside out. That's the reward. How do I have peace? Be more grateful. How, how do I have tranquility in my heart? Be more grateful. How, how, do I, how do I have peace about my circumstances that seem unfavorable? Be more grateful. How, how do I have peace about, about the situation that I'm facing at work? be more grateful. How do I have peace about what's going on in my family, in this world? Paul says, be more grateful. And so what do we do? He gives us in verse 8, I got to quit. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or what's that word? Praise worthy. If anything is excellent or worthy of praise. If anything is excellent or worthy of your gratefulness. If anything is excellent or worthy of giving God praise. Those are the things to put your attention to. Those are the things that you focus on. Those are the things that you fix your eyes on. Those are the things that you allow your spirit to be drawn to. That when you look at those things, come on, lift up your hands right now. When you look at those things, Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.